Howdy, Fat Guy Forum listeners. Before we get into this week's episode, just a reminder that there is a great way for you to support the podcast and keep it going, and that's by joining the Fat Guy Forum Patreon that you can find at patreon.com slash gourmetgoesketo. I use all the funds from the Patreon to go for the subscriptions and equipment that are used on the podcast, and if you join now, you will have the opportunity to be a part of helping decide the direction of the podcast as we dive into some new topics and try out a few new things. So I look forward to having you on board. Sign up today. Hey there, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Fat Guy Forum. This is your host, Gourmet, and I am once again excited to be with all of you today and have a guest that I am excited to talk to because I know the, the, the guy that I'm bringing on today, he's got drive. Like I don't think anyone else I've talked to in a while. You're gonna you're gonna hear about it, but let let's not delay it too much further. His name is Anthony Lolly. Anthony, how are you doing today? Doing great, doing great. Thanks for inviting me on the show. It's awesome. Yeah, I'm glad I'm glad to have you here, man. You've got quite the story to tell, so let's not keep it from the people any longer, man. Tell us what qualifies you to be on the Fat Guy Forum. Well, uh, many things. I was obese since I was a child. And, uh, one of the things that I did to mask my obesity was become massively successful in the business world. And, you know, I talk about this in a documentary that I created that's on Amazon prime, but, you know, um, I became very, very successful in all areas of my life, except my health, you know, I became a multimillionaire by the time I was 23. I started a real estate company, made it to one of the largest real estate companies in New York City, then expanded it nationally to like 120 franchise locations, sold it, wrote a best-selling book, met a beautiful woman, started a fantastic, beautiful family with two children in an entertainment industry, bought my dream mansion, owned a lot of real estate and invested in movies and worked with celebrities and became a public figure. And I was still fat. No, no matter what I did, I was still fat, you know, and it just, I was so empty uh, in that, uh, in, in the, in the circle of life. I didn't have that aspect and I knew there was somebody else inside of me. So what I did was based on the emotions that uh, my daughter, and it was really my wife because my wife was instrumental. She was trying to get me to lose weight forever. And it wasn't until we had two kids that she kind of coaxed the kids into really pushing me to lose weight. My daughter looked at me and said, daddy, you're fat. I don't want you to die. And that was it. That was what motivated me. I didn't want to be an embarrassing dad for my kids. And I wanted to be a handsome husband too, for my wife, you know, and, uh, and, you know, I decided to document every single day of my weight loss journey, but I, I, a switch went on in my mind. I said, I'm going to treat my body. Like I would treat uh, a business venture or a real estate uh, flipping project or renewal or investment or something, you know, because I noticed that people put their heart and soul, they buy a new car, they're waxing it every day. Or if it get, if the car gets dinged right away, they take it to the body shop and fix it. But nobody does that to their bodies. And I'm saying, I'm that guy. I'm not, I'm doing everything else is more important. My clothes, my jewelry, my cars, my success, even my family. But I wasn't taking care of myself. So I documented everything. I lost 125 pounds in nine months and found myself with loose skin. So then I did the loose skin surgery. And then I decided to compete and I competed on stage for the first time. I took off my shirt, not only in front of, you know, the 5,000 people that were in the audience, but in front of national, you know, international uh, television because it's on Amazon Prime. It's now the number one most watched fitness documentary uh and over 95 uh, million downloads of watching this documentary because it's in 52 languages uh all over the world and um since then COVID happened and then i ended up competing again and we'll get more into that but uh uh yeah that's my story i think that qualifies me to oh yeah show. and there's <laughs> a lot there's a lot there for us to get into because i think one of the things that is really that, that I think is most relatable because obviously there's going to be people sitting out there and they're not all going to be, you know, real estate moguls or kind of have been that successful in business, but they are, they see success in other areas of their life. And then this is the area where they don't, they don't have it together. And so I want to, I want to kind of go back into the past a little bit with you, man. Like, what do you think it was 
that brought you to where you were at with your weight and your eating? Like, what do you think kind of developed those problems for you? Um, I think there's a lot of romance. Uh, romance. I was an only child, and uh, you know, I just didn't want to eat vegetables. I didn't want to eat right, and that would throw tantrums. You know, it was just there was that, and then you know. But I remember as a kid, you know, as a chubby kid, uh, moms would get on bending knee and they would look at whisper in their children's ears, see that fat kid? If you don't eat right and you don't listen to me, you're going to look like that. You know, those things would hurt your feelings, you know? And, uh, you know, I was just, uh, our, we have two children, three and a half and five and a half, and they're both going to school this, this month, you know? And my wife was walking and she was like, you know, I love this, you know, this September feeling, new school, new school clothes. This And I said to her, it's the opposite for me. I was a fat kid. If I went to a new school, first of all, the clothes didn't fit right as a fat kid. Second of all, I had to, I'm, I'm in New York City. So I had to put on a strong suit of a tough fat kid. It's as if I was going to prison and I had to make an example of somebody so nobody would pick on me. So I had to go into school as a tough fat kid so nobody would, you know, dare to, to try to uh, pick on me for being fat. So it was like a whole big operation the first day of school, especially if I didn't have any friends. So uh, so it's a lot of things that you go through uh, as a child. And I think those things add on to reasons why. And then you just don't have a good food understanding, a food education. Um, and then it just gets too far. It gets to the point where it's too far. And when you're a little kid, you're not motivated by girls or anything like that. So you can easily get fat as a, as an adolescent, you know, it wasn't until I was a teenager and then I started, you know, liking girls that somehow or other the power of positive thinking, I would go on these crash diets and I would kind of look fit at 16, you know? Um, but then I, it, it just was unsustainable and I would just get fat again, you know? And, and cause I, I think that building up of, of the identity, you know, the tough, the tough fat kid, do you think that carried over, you know, when you started to get into business and you were the big guy in business? Like, do you think it was, you know, it, it had to be more like you were putting on a show that your weight didn't bother you? Like, what was what was that like for you? You know, it, it honestly, it was I had almost anybody who's obese, obese has a strong suit. They're either super funny. They're super strong. I mean, you know, take a look at the, the Tony Soprano type, you know. Uh, very powerful man. That was my persona. I was very powerful in business, very successful, but I also hit it with really nice suits and custom clothes. And, you know, I drove a, I drive a Rolls Royce and, and had nice things and had a lot of success. So nobody would really question what is it that you're doing with your body, man? You got everything else, but you know, you don't have your health. Nobody would question that because most people value money, success, as the ultimate thing. Nobody values health as an important part of being successful. So nobody told me anything. Nobody could tell me anything. I was the boss and I was surrounded by a lot of yes people. And the more successful you become, the more the, the actual less work you have to do, especially if you're smart, you work smarter, not harder, you hire more people. So now you're just out in restaurants, networking, having dinner meetings in bars. So the weight just goes on and on and on and on and on, you know, and then there's no reason if, if you know, success is a, a, a bad drug. Cause you know, you, you, you don't learn from success. You only learn from failure. And so, um, when you're winning, you're winning, you're winning, you know, and, and the truth is obesity. And I said this in the documentary has no discrimination because there are super successful people that are struggling with obesity. I mean, Oprah Winfrey, even though she represents Weight Watchers, you know how many times she struggled losing weight and doing all of these things. And she's still not at the physique that she's ever wanted. You know, she's, it's very hard, you know, even people in the hip hop industry, DJ Khaled, he's, you know, has at the top of the music industry, very obese, you know, so it's, it's, it has nothing to do with money. In fact, because I'm a, a competitor and I compete on stage a lot, you know, it costs money to do it, but not that much. There's people on, nobody's a multimillionaire on stage. In fact, it's really a poor man's sport. It's not, it's not, uh, something that if you had a lot of money, you would want to end up putting yourself through, you know? So, um, you know, getting coaching, getting guidance, getting help is, is not that expensive. 
I think you hit on a really good point because I, I think that's one of the frustrations I think that happens to people too is they see this success, you know, whether they're building a family or building a business or seeing their career move and seeing all of these great things happen and they feel like they have this incredible amount of control over all of these 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 other factors and then they sit down at the table and feel like that's there's just no control there or they feel like that's just like the one area where they can't find the success that they want and I, I think that either leads to that mindset of I'll get to it someday because I clearly know how to be successful so I will get to it eventually or it almost is like a resignation of I'm going to focus my energy in these things that I can be successful at because I'm not I'm not able to make these changes that I want to make physically. So I'm not going to put, I'm not going to put the work there. I think it's a mixture of both plus this other one. Well, it was a mixture of both. And then at one point I looked at my car, my partner, Carlos, after we would order custom suits. And by the time they would get to us, we were fatter and they wouldn't fit. Uh, we just said, you know what, let's just not even try. Let's, uh, let's just be fat. You know, that's our identity. Then we started purposely going out and eating uh, even more. And so at one point, we're like, why don't we just be true to who we are? We are not going to do this. We're not going to lose weight. We're going to be fat. Let's just own it. So we just, you know, because we're like, we're like, we're not fake people. So let's just be real. This is who we are. And this is how we're going to stay. And then we both knew that we would be probably die at the age of 50, you know, but uh, it, we had made a, a, a conscious decision to go in that direction. And uh, then all of a sudden, you know, every, all, the, all the ailments start happening, you know. Uh, you're having trouble breathing and sleep apnea and all these other things. And then, you know, your body's telling you things and you can choose to ignore it or you can choose to do something about it, you know. And you eventually did choose to do something about it. And, and it, it, like you've mentioned it, you, you mentioned it already, but, you know, Anthony's story is it is available on Amazon. Um, it's fat lolly to six pack lolly. And it's in a lot. I watched it myself this week. And in a lot of ways, it's it's like a Marvel film because it's like your origin story, like which is one of the things I think is great is that there's you documented so much. You know, you got that your passion is evident, you know, in, in every moment of the film. But and, and it, we'll talk about it, too. But like there's so much more to come for you. And, and I think this 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 story is about getting yourself to that place that you could see there would be so much more for you, like in these these amazing areas like you. You had conquered real estate in a lot of ways and you made this shift. And what I'm curious about is like you, you had previous attempts at losing weight, like most people, you know, that struggle with weight issues. What was it about 2018 that it, the switch flipped in your head and you were like, this is the time I'm going to do it. You know, this, I'm going to do, I need to document it because I know that I'm going to do something amazing. My daughter looking at me saying, daddy, you're fat. I don't want you to die. But that was the breaking point. But before that, there were many things that were happening. I was on stage in South Africa. I had just sold my company. They just wired me what I would have made in 10 years in one day. I get on stage, I give a big speech in front of 5,000 high net worth individuals. And as I'm getting off stage, a doctor, a very prominent doctor uh, looks at me and she says, Anthony, I love what you said. I love your speech. She goes, but it, it seems like you have everything, but you don't have your health. And, you know, she was right she was right. But, and then after that, I had, you know, I had a best-selling book called the heart of the deal. And it talked about my real estate career. So I would go out and do speaking engagements for the bookstores, the major book retailers, Barnes and Noble. I was invited by a gentleman named Grant Cardone. And he's a very successful real estate guy based in Miami. He's big on YouTube and Instagram. This was the first time I actually met somebody that was more successful than me in all areas family you know two beautiful children beautiful wife his portfolio is bigger than mine this guy's older than me he's 60 and in rocking shape so he invites me to his office and we're talking and everything is great and talking about doing business and then there it is two director's chairs one for him one for me now if you're fat the director's chair is your enemy 
you know, your ass is going to swallow that chair. That chair is going to break. And, you know, first of all, I've broken so many different chairs in restaurants. It's not even funny. But um, but once you get into that director's chair, if you can fit in it, um, all of a sudden it collapses and starts hugging onto your side fat, you know, and then try to get off. The chair comes off with you. So I'm get, I'm struggling to get in the chair. I have this on my Instagram, too. Um, and he looks at me and he says, it's too late now, buddy. It's too late. And that's all he needed to say. And what he meant was like, look, you know, you, you knew we were coming on the show. You know the setup of the show because I watch it online, you know. Um, and, you know, you, you I'm not going to modify my set for you, for your, <laughs> for your weaknesses, you know. And so he's like, you know, we're going. That's it. You know, we're going live. And so we did it and everything was fine, you know, but uh, it's those moments plus other moments, culmination of other moments that just, uh, it was that, that was it. That was the straw that broke the camel's back when my daughter said, daddy, you're fat. I don't want you to die. Um, That was it, you know? And then honestly, in the documentary, I talk about my background and my history, like you mentioned, but what most people miss is the 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 first transformation I did, I transformed my family tree financially from parents that were, you know, my mom living in an abandoned building, my dad, a school teacher, and myself taking us on a whole different transformational financial level. So I had the ability to transform, you know, and I didn't know it was a transformation that I wanted until I saw transformation people you know i start i I was looking at weight loss and i didn't want to just lose weight i wanted to transform and when i saw the word transformation which i had never really heard of or maybe i heard about i just never put a picture to it and i saw a whole community like oh my god there are people that like you know can completely look differently and erase all the damage that they've done to themselves and be completely happy like wow where do I sign up, you know? And I'm like, I can erase 41, 41 years of damage in a year or two, no problem. Then what I did was I, I, the man with no shoes felt bad for himself until he saw the man with no feet. So I would look at people that were 500 pounds, 600 pounds, 400 pounds, doing exercises in the pool, just getting up and down off of a chair, losing weight. I'm like, man, if they can do it, and these people, some of them had heart attacks, some of them had all sorts of ailments. I'm like, what's my excuse, you know? So that was motivating to me. And so I just went all in. And you certainly did. Like you, you, you started, you, you guys started running from day one, you know, you and you and Carlos, like you, you had a, a solid streak at the gym. Like, what was it like? Because I, I think the mental side is something you described really well. Like, what was it like, though, to actually start doing that work? Like, to actually start realizing what it was going to take and to actually be getting into the gym every day. Like, what what was it like for you then when you realized what the, what the, the I'm trying to think of the best word, like, what the immensity of the project would be? Uh it was great because I had already been in that territory nine other times. So it wasn't unfamiliar work. It was just this time, don't quit, you know, and this time be smarter about your food. It, I knew that the whole time. I just needed to be able to commit to it. I needed to be able to want to make that change. I wanted, I needed to be able to visualize that change. My wife did a vision board where she put up pictures of all of us in the family and what kind of bodies we wanted. And I needed to start um, changing the algorithm of my Instagram and, and Facebook to show more fit people, more transformation people, uh, watch more YouTube videos about transformations. Um, and I started watching more and more uh, fitness content. I came across this, this um movie on on netflix called fat sick and nearly dead and here's a guy i could relate to a businessman in his 40s multi-millionaire but he's from australia so what he comes to the united states and starts juicing and loses a bunch of weight and helps a bunch of people so i started juicing you know i started you know doing the whole juicing cleanse thing and it started working a little bit but i knew that um 
you know, you don't go to a Chinese restaurant and order pizza. I knew the physique I wanted. And, uh, and I also knew it's some of the things that I had failed at CrossFit before I walked in after the first 10 minutes, I walked right out. Um, I looked at the rope and I'm like, I can never climb that rope. Like it was a lot of things I could never do a pull up. So I wanted to go in and hit all of the things that I was afraid of or failed first at my heaviest. And I did. And I said, I was going to try, try, try. And it wasn't that bad. Yeah, I think I think we build fears up in our heads, especially when it's things we failed at before. Right. And and then you start to actually do it and you start to realize more of what you're capable of. Yeah. Yeah. And honestly, you got it. It's a game of inches. You know, I, I, I didn't realize that there were other things I needed to prepare myself before I could climb that rope at CrossFit, you know. And, and then as time went on, I got smarter. I started same way I did with real estate. You know, when I was a real estate agent, a salesman and owned nothing, and I was representing these landlords and, and I would pick their brains. How did you buy this property? How did you finance it? You know, how much was the down payment? Who's your lawyer? Who's your insurance broker? Who do you use for title? Like, and eventually I would use those contacts. You know, I would pick their brains. And I would notice that a lot of these people, they weren't uh, Harvard MBA graduates. They're regular people. And so when I went to CrossFit, I noticed uh, some people had some decent physiques. And some of them had the physiques that I wanted to have, which were a little more muscle. So I would talk to those guys. And I would say, listen, is it just CrossFit that you do? They go, no, no, we bodybuild, you know, on the side at night. We do bodybuilding, you know. So I knew that CrossFit alone wasn't the answer. So I tried bodybuilding. I did HIT. I did uh, mixed martial arts. I said, I'm going to try everything um, and see what works for me, what I enjoy the most. And, uh, and then I got a real good education, you know. And then, of course, I used my uh, – celebrity and popularity to have access to a lot of people. And what I noticed is a lot of people in the fitness industry, they're not, um, they're not able to capitalize on their fitness success. And I have that business acumen. So I was trading business information and knowledge and wisdom, and they were giving me their fitness knowledge and wisdom. That's smart. It's using, using yeah. the re using the resources that you, you built and earned to, to leverage that in your, in your favor for this new project. Like, I, I think that's really smart. And you, you also, and again, at some levels, I feel like we're, we're, you know, we're now in deep in the commentary on your movie, you know, we're deep into the, the, we're, we're going through the steps of, of where your actual journey is because like people can really see, like, if you want to see the nitty gritty of, of Anthony's journey, like check it out. You eventually got a coach involved. Yes. Yes. I knew, listen, anybody who's obese for most of their life, they have this bag of tricks on how to lose weight, maybe 10 to 30 pounds, depending. Um, and I was that guy. I was always able to lose between 10 and 30 pounds on my own, you know, um, whatever crash dieting methods I would use at the time, you know, and, um, but I knew that I would hit a wall. See, what would happen is after you lose those 10 to 30 pounds, you end up putting back more and more and more weight than before, you know? So, uh, so I knew I needed um, help and real guidance, but I didn't want a nutritionist, just like a regular Joe Blow nutritionist that just says, oh, you know, just eat this. I wanted like specifics, like, I wanted to know how much I need to, I wanted to learn, you know? So I found the guy on Instagram after, and I didn't want to just go to anybody who was already fit. I wanted somebody that was obese too, that understand, understood my world, you know? And so I found the guy, he was a young kid at the time. He was 25, he's in Ireland. And uh, when we were talking, he had a tattoo on his arm, said millionaire on it. I said, are you a millionaire? He said, no. I said, oh, well, I am. Let me fly you out here and I'll, you teach me everything I need to know about nutrition. Come live with me. He doesn't have any kids or anything at that time. And, uh, and uh, you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do this documentary. I'm going to film everything. I'm going to get into the fitness industry and watch me do it. And I'll teach you, you know, everything about business, how to grow your business. And um, he said, I'll do it. So he came down here. Again, another situation where I took advantage of 
my skill sets in bartered. And so it bloomed down here. Um, and a lot of people think like, I didn't hire the rock to, to train me. You know what I mean? This, this is a 25 year old guy who's, you know, um, charging people 150 bucks a month for nutrition planning. You know, I just paid for his flight to come down here. So, and then of course in the gym, the trainer, I went to CrossFit. That's not that expensive. It doesn't break the bank. So everybody in CrossFit's a millionaire. I didn't know this, you know, I would network if that was the case. And then I hired a trainer um in in my in my uh home gym and my personal gym in my neighborhood um that was like you know 40 bucks a session or something like that and and there's a lot of people that work with trainers at the gym they're not millionaires either so um i just you know tried everything and i had him living with me he showed me everything about cooking foods and how your body reacts to food and ketosis and all these different methods you know so I I had him with me day and night, day and night. He had nothing better to do than to just sit in the kitchen and talk to me. And I really, really soaked it all in. I was a perfect student, you know, and um, we did it. Then finally the weight was gone. And then I noticed, you know, I was one of these guys. I was very hopeful. I was like, I'm not going to have the loose skin. I'm not going to have the loose skin. And boom, I got down to a low body fat percentage and I had the loose skin. So. Um, that in itself was another project because I kept seeing guys that had massive scars from all the skin surgery. And, uh, you know, I started doing some research and I started meeting with several different uh, plastic surgeons that do this type of work. And finally, I came across one guy that only does men. And he explained to me that most of the other plastic surgeons do a lot of breast lifts and that's why they cut the women underneath the breast because the breast can hang over the scar they use the same technique on men but men eliminate the breast the man boobs and you see the scar so he's like i'm gonna go from your underarm and cut under your underarm and pick up the skin there we're gonna keyhole that nipple and move it so you're gonna have a perfect chest you know, and we're going to, we're going to make that three, that three, a uh, 180, 360 scar around your waist where you are going to put your underwear. So nobody's going to see that scar. We're not going to just place it wherever we want. We're going to place it where you are, wear your pants, where you're going to wear your shorts. And, you know, and that's why I was able to get such a great surgery and it looks good. And of course I stretched my nipples because I worked out a lot sooner than I should have. And you know, um, but I healed very well. But again, it's all I, I like you said, I treated it like a project, which that honestly, that made me nervous watching in the documentary when you <laughs> when you were in, in your recovery and you're like, and the doctor said, take this number of months off. And it's like four days later, you're like, so we're back yeah. at the gym. And I was like, oh, what is like that part was riveting to me because I'm like, what's coming yeah. next? Like that was. Yeah. And, and also you get and, and that's the thing is there's going to be someone listening who's like you know there's going to be someone listening who's like, well, he had all these resources, and so he could do this, and I can't do this. You know, I'm not the person that could do this. But I think what you're hitting on, you know, what you just said was really important. Like, you were open to learning. You were open to absorbing knowledge. Every human being can do that. It doesn't cost anything to learn. You know, it doesn't it doesn't cost anything to access resources and make make a certain resource a priority and, and put your energy and your focus there. And I, I think that's... I, what I'm curious though, before we, I, I do want to get into something specific about the skin surgery in, in a minute, but I, I'm curious too, because when you started working with the coach and you were learning about nutrition and food and all these new things, what were the biggest eye openers to you that you realized that you just didn't know before? One of the biggest things was, holy shit, everybody who's fit watches what they eat. They can't just eat whatever they want. Like I would surround, you're the average of the five people you surround yourself with. So I changed my circle. That's another thing people are scared of. I, you know, changed my friendships. I started hanging around fit people. And I started going to lunch with them, which I saw them all eating out of meal plan boxes. You know, there was no such thing as going to have. And the one, the, the few times they would go and have the pizza or the dessert or something like that it was being counted. And the one time or two times they may have went overboard, the whole conversation was about how much, how much they got to work off that. And these, these are guys and girls with six pack abs ripped and they care. 
And I'm like, I wish I looked like you on a bad day, you know, like, you know, like, and these people are aware. So I'm like, oh, I get it. The same way I needed to work hard to maintain my wealth and success and my happiness and my relationship, I got to do the same thing with my body. The same way I have to maintain and put oil in the car or, or, you know, refresh the facade of my home or sand the floors of my, of my apartment, you know, uh, to make it, you know, look up to date. I have to do that with my, my, my body, my nutrition. I actually have to put forth an effort. And then I'm like, this is so easy. This is like, like college, let's say, for example, college is not that difficult. You know, they tell you what you're going to learn. They give you little mini exams. They give you mini exams to make sure they give you the material. Half the times the, 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 the professor is reading the damn book in the class to you, giving you a heads up about the major exam for you to graduate, but giving you little mini exams along the way, plus extra tutoring. The only thing that makes you drop out or fail out of college is life distractions and all these other things, you know? So this same thing applies with food. You're going to tell me what to eat, when to eat it. And my body is going to chisel up and change. This is great. It's like a piece of Ikea furniture, you know, just follow the instructions and the, the furniture gets put to, it's when you don't follow the same thing like Ikea. There's plenty of times that I tried not to follow the instructions. I had to disassemble it and reassemble it, you know? That's that's an awesome metaphor. Like I, I think that that hits it perfectly because it's this idea that it's for some reason we know to get to be successful in business, you need to learn how business operates. But for some reason, when it comes to health and fitness, there's this propensity to want to just have something handed to you and not have to actually do the work, not have to actually apply it, not actually have to pay attention to it, and to have that lesson that every person who is in excellent condition is working at being in excellent condition. It's not just they roll out of bed every day and they're like, well, abs are there. You know, they, they weren't there yesterday. They're there today. You know, there, there's focus and work. And that's the, the attention piece that I think sometimes people want to skip over. You know, they want someone just to hand them the magic answer. And when the magic answer is do the work, a lot of people then come back and they're like, oh, well, no, it just it won't work for me, you know, instead of like, well, what what if it could? And I think that's one of the things within your story, man, is like this idea of not just I'm going to do a transformation, but, you know, what what can I actually do? Like, what can I actually accomplish? Like, where can I actually take this? And, you know, you you and you even applied that to when you were looking for your plastic surgeon, you know, like it wasn't just let me just accept the first person that shows up and says they can do it. Let me actually understand this process. Let me gain a greater understanding of what I'm doing, what I'm getting into, what's going to happen to my body. And that recovery was not easy. You know, that's one of the things I think, you know, and I, lo I love that you highlight that because I think sometimes people look at, at people that have skin surgery and they're like, well, you know, yeah, oh, that, that seems like it must be easy. And it's like, no, this is, a, this is a traumatic transformation to your body. Like you're doing something really physical. That. And you know, you feel emotional too. You're, you're giving up a part of your body. You're, you know, a part, I didn't feel, I felt like almost sad, like somebody died. You know, you're giving up a piece of your skin. And then I talk about it in the documentary, my balls swelled up to the size of the pain. You know what I mean? Like as a guy, that was painful, you know, and it's, it's, you can't even wipe your own behind. Yeah, I was going to say, wiping, yeah. <laughs> You know, it's it's that that type of thing, you know, and it's very scary because you can get sick. You can die. People die from surgeries. You know, I was under anesthesia for seven hours. You know, I could have not woken up, you know. And you it's did and you caught it on film. Yeah. Which is one of the yeah. funny moments in the in the in the, in the movie. <laughs> yeah. it, 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 it's great. Uh, <laughs> the butt wiping scene is also something people don't want to miss. Uh, yeah, but that's it's a, great. Yeah. Oh, it's and and that's the re and the thing is, though, like I look at like I've talked to guys, you know, I mean, I was I was over 500 pounds. I know what it's like to have trouble wiping your own butt. Like I've talked to guys that had their wives helping them stay clean because of their weight. And they made that transformation, like having to get kind of into that place of being open to the intimate help that you need is also a mind game, like being like, OK, I'm, I'm doing this and I know why I'm doing this. Like, you know why you're doing the surgery. You know what you're hoping to achieve. 
but the reality in the trenches of it is is where you know it gets harder and it and it becomes challenging and you came through that challenge and it was time to start working on getting ready for the stage and what cuz here's a question i have for you man because I've talked to a couple a couple people recently, guys that you know, uh, you know David Herrera and, and Ale- yeah, Ale- love him. Alejandro Porro, and love you know guys that I had had on the show before, who then eventually kind of started working on transformation shows themselves. What was it for you that made you not just say, "I want to lose weight," because you, you had that motivation, you know, your daughter saying, "I don't want you to die," so you made this transformation so that you didn't die. Like that's a big part of it. But what was it in you that said, I'm not just going to make that transformation. I'm not just going to survive. I'm going to thrive and, and try to kick some ass. Like, what? where did that come, for, come from for you? I think that for the first time in a long time, when I first started my career, it was all on my shoulders. Then when you grow a big business, it's no longer. It's your staff. You know, you have a big chain of command. And when you try to do things like build a website, you know, you have a great vision, but then somebody in the website team is, is screwing up, you know, or, you know, build a, a, a construction project, build a piece of real estate, you know, guy calls out sick or this material is not ready. There's so many things that are out of your control. For the first time in many years, something was in my only control. What I ate and how much I worked out was completely, nobody could work out for me. Nobody could feed me, you know, force feed me. And it was completely real. It was there. I was in striking distance of having an epic body and then also motivating and inspiring the world. Um, I said, if I'm going to do it, I'm going to do it big. You know, I'm, I was always that kind of guy. You know, if I was going to do, since I was young, you know, like if I was going to do a real estate company, it was going to be a big real estate company, 100 locations, we're going to write a book, it's going to be a best-selling book, you know, like that's just how I am. And um, and so uh, I said, you know, I'm here. I didn't come this far to just go this far. Let's go all the way and let's see, let's, you know, take it. And for the first time, I had a hobby, a project that was better than just renovating your attic or renovating your garage. This was me, you know? And the thing is, you know, I was very successful, but I couldn't drive my Rolls Royce into a meeting room. But my body now, you know, I could throw on a tank top with just a shirt and it hugs my body. That right there is a million bucks, you know? You're looking like a million bucks. And you know, it's so funny. There is this famous Saturday Night Live skit with Eddie Murphy. It's back from the 80s or 90s when he was on the show and he converted himself into a white man and it showed and it showed how he had access to getting free loans and how it was like to be white. You know, it was very funny skit. And I related to that, but he was still a black guy on the inside, you know, and it was very funny skit. And now that I'm fit, I still am that have obese guy eyes. I'm still that obese guy inside. I didn't forget who I was, but so many other things are more open to me. You know, people are attracted to me on a different level. They're attracted to excellence. They're attracted to fitness. Like when my wife and I walk around, they're like, are you guys celebrities? Like just, just because you look fit, you know? And these are not even people that saw the documentary, you know, like these are just regular people. And then just invitations to go places or, you know, places where I'm not known and where they seat us. There's so much discrimination that happens when you're obese that you don't realize it and see it, you know. Um, and it's it's very interesting. Very, very interesting. What was it like to do that first show? What was it like? You know, I didn't realize how I looked um, for a long time. And even after I was in really good shape, even after the surgery, I remember when I would jump rope with my trainer, Francisco, before he died, if I I was jumping rope after 10 jumps, I would get winded. This is when I'm in incredible shape. He would say, come over here take off your shirt and stand in front of the mirror and do the jump rope. In looking at my body, standing in the mirror, I could jump rope for 10 minutes straight. It was that much psychologically burnt into my mind that I was fat still. 
and I had to see myself fit. And so it wasn't until um, the director of the documentary said, let's do a, a shirtless uh, shoot in the gym. And that was always my dream because I would see all of these uh, Instagram videos and YouTube videos uh, of people doing shirtless workout videos. And I just never thought I qualified for anything like that. And then we did something. I'm like, holy shit, I'm that guy. You know, <laughs> I'm like, I think I could do this, you know. So then a couple of days later, we ended up going in. So, um, you know, going, I knew I had put in the work. I did everything humanly possible. So I went in confident that I was the best version of me. So, and I also felt great that this particular organization welcomed transformation of all different types. So I felt that I was surrounded around my peers and I felt great about being there. And I felt great about the message and I felt great about everybody's story. And I felt that I was where I belonged. So, you know, it as much it was it was uh, scary to go on stage and take off the shirt, but everybody else had gone through their own journeys and they were doing the same thing. We were all jumping in the pool together, holding hands. So that made it a lot easier. And um, and uh, and people that may have not had had you know such a great physique that I created were going out there. Like you're know, showing the world, and I'm like, I, I have nothing to be afraid of. This is inspirational. So we all just did it, and that's there's there's power to that idea. You know, we've talked, we've used the word transformation a lot, but there there's a real power to you being able to actually not just acknowledge that you've done the work, but to see your transformation. Because I think that's something that a lot of people struggle with. You know, especially guys that have lived that lived most of their life obese and then changed their bodies and still kind of get stuck in that headspace. And so being able to work through seeing the, the, the payoff of the work that you did and have that actualization occur is a powerful moment. Yeah. Yeah, it really was. And at that point it was like a baptism, you know, it was like, that was it. I was born again. And I'm like, this is me and I'm never going back. You know, I said, I'm going to put so much distance between me and the old body. I almost looked at it like I was like a reincarnation, you know. And so and I'm like, man, I'm only 40, 42 years old. Like, this is this is great. You know, I have the rest. Of, at that, I'm like, the, at that time, the president was like 70 years old. I'm like, I have the next 30, 40 years with a rocking body, you know, <laughs> to to kick to kill it. I'm like, let's do it. Oh yeah, and that's you come to the end of the end of the of the documentary is that first show, but you're clearly living the sequel. You know, you're 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 deep into the next film already. I'm sure. Well, yeah, liter well, literally, yeah. I'm sure. Yeah, but also yeah. just <laughs> also just living it. Like, so what what came next? Because obviously, uh, and the the documentary acknowledges it. Like, the world kind of went crazy at the end. You know, as you headed into 2020 with your plans you know, for next shows and things along those lines, you know, COVID came in. Uh, so what has been going on for you? Like, what have you been able to do? I know you've done some oh, shows. Man. Like, t take a us into what's been stuff. going on. So so after the documentary um, closed out, COVID happened. Obviously, that actually helped us launch the documentary and became wildly successful because we released it in July 2020. It came out on Amazon Prime. So everybody was home. And was able to watch it, you know, because of COVID and all of these things. So that was the awesome part that people were just consuming content um, at home and um, people were more health conscious and health aware and they needed to pick me up health inspiration story. So I also launched a company with my with Carlos and my other partner, James, called Radical Body Transformation. So I hunkered down and and started building the company, the technology, the actual team members. Uh, the, you know, we have a Facebook community group, the Instagram, all of that stuff. We just were just working day and night, you know, and, and hiring people and building our infrastructure and promoting and doing all of that stuff. So that was being done. And we started a clothing line. Um, so we were doing all that. And then my wife, you know, she was inspired. I didn't know she, she inspired me to do this and pushed me with the family and everything and supported me. But all along, as I was getting stronger, she was getting weaker. 
because she was breastfeeding. She had two kids of ours, natural childbirth. She developed a mom bod, and then she had a diastasis recti, which happens to a lot of women where their abs open up when the, the baby is like 10 pounds. Our son was 10 pounds. So she's over there getting frail, and I'm getting fit. And she's seeing all of these specialists about her abs, closing her abs. And they're like, don't pick up your kids. You can't work out. They're like, you know, they're writing her off saying you just have to be frail and just take it easy. So I'm like, no way. I'm like, I'm going to train you. I'm going to fix your abs. You know, I'm like, I'm six pack lolly. You're going to be able to do this. So, so I took her under my wing and then, you know, same thing with nutrition. And we started training every day and she got bit by the bug. And so, um, you know, we just went ahead and both started training and we both competed, uh, for the same federation, the WBFF in uh, February and I'm sorry, in April. So our first competition was April, 2021 and she won her pro card, which was amazing, you know? And, um, and so what ended up happening on that thing, I did another transformation thing and I won again and uh which was cool because i got a, a second win in transformation as a qualifier and then she pushed me to do a fitness model you know which was a different category and i took second place as a fitness model against two other guys that have been working out and are full-time personal trainers for 15 years so these are grown men you know my age slightly a little younger maybe 38 uh, with many, many guys have been training since they were 18 and I took second place, you know, which was awesome. And so she wins her pro card. I take second place and that was in April. And then June of 2021, we did summer shredding, um, which was awesome. That's where, uh, Poro and, uh, and, um, Keto, uh, D actually, I met them. They're awesome guys as you know, and, um, you know, I ended up, uh, doing transformation. I took second place. Um, and then I ended up doing another category, which was classic physique. And that was awesome because I ended up taking, uh, uh, third place in classic physique, which was insane, you know, for me to go against again, uh, guys that, had been training since they were 18 years old, you know, uh, monsters. So that was great. And, uh, and Teresa took third place, um, uh, in bikini, which was awesome. And Teresa's a mother of two who's 34 years old. And, and if you know, summer shredding, most of it is a younger crowd. It's like 20, 22 year olds, 25 year old. Occasionally you'll find some older guys, but mainly young girls, you know? Um, and then the month after that, on the 4th of July, we did Pure Elite, which is uh, another federation that's based in the UK, but they have competitions all over the world. They're very big on transformation. Um, so I took first place in transformation. Um, I took uh, first place as an international model, which is another category they have. I took second place as a fitness model and third place as men's physique. So here I am crossing over you know, and you know what I mean? And then for the first time I did uh, uh, a couples competition where my wife and I were on stage together against another, you know, a couple. Um, it was actually two sisters um, and uh, we took first place. And so my wife wins her pro card again in a different federation as a bikini model. She wins first place and a pro card and fourth place as a fitness model, fourth place in another category, which is great for mothers. It's called Mothers Who Lift Weights, which was awesome. And then she took fifth place as an international model. And then a month after that, <laughs> we do our first NPC. I don't know if you're familiar with NPC, but that's the hardcore bodybuilding. So we actually had to do change our body looks for to to be fit for what this the federations are looking for they all have a certain look like you can't go with an npc look to wbff because that's too much of a hardcore look they want more of a model uh softer look more of a runway model type of thing 
MPC wants you to be a hardcore bodybuilder. So there's no transformation in, in MPC. I had to go in straight up as a classic physique guy. And that was scary. Um, the training was harder. The dieting was harder. Um, and I went on stage and I took third place in classic physique. I took fourth place in masters over 40, fifth place in masters over 35, seventh place in uh, novice classic physique and ninth, ninth place true novice class. Now this is against a hundred guys. You know what I mean? So I'm placing third, fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh, and ninth against guys. Again, 30, 40, 45 year old guys, guys have been training all their lives. You know, I'm standing on stage. I'm looking at my body next to these guys that have been doing it longer than me. And I'm like, I cannot believe I can even place next to these guys. Uh, it was a it was a dream come true. My wife took fifth, sixth, and eighth, you know. And then um, the final competition we did was uh, in August last month. And that was at the WBFF Worlds. So this was, in the documentary, the last competition was the qualifier. And my goal was to win at the Worlds, right? And so um, we went on there. And again, I did a, a second category, which was called Muscle Model. Um, and I also did fitness models. So I did two categories and transformation. So I go there and, um, I get my pro card as a muscle model. Second place is a muscle model. I didn't win transformation. Actually, a buddy of mine won transformation. He, he lost a ton of weight. Looks incredible. Uh, JC, great guy. He's got a real estate background too. Uh, so he ended up taking the win, um, which is great. And, but for me, the second place win and my pro card as a muscle model to me meant, and I, first of all, there was a huge lineup of, of the fitness model category. I was in top five. I was in the first call out. I was in the top five for fitness model against a bunch of guys with freaking washboard abs. Um, and so I, I said, the world doesn't see me as a transformation guy anymore. You know, that's it. Mm. I'm, uh, I'm, I'm, I've crossed over, right. you know? Well, so it's a true, it's, it's like, a true transformation. Yeah. 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 So it was, uh, insane to go through that. And then we took a nice little vacation in Mexico for 10 days and, uh, relaxed and, and now we're back, you know, now we're back. We're, I'm going to do a good off season now. So I'm going to go off season. And by the way, throughout this entire journey, you know, Amazon commissioned us to film a docu-series. They want us to do a 12 episode. So they had camera guys following us. We were doing all the shooting and filming. So all of this is going to be in the, a part two of, uh, of the documentary, but it's going to be as a docu-series. Because that's the in thing now, right? Binge watching. Yeah. So um, so that's what they want. So that's that's actually in the can now. It's being edited. So that's what we're working on. Wow. So, yeah. So this is, I mean, like the... There, there's no denying the power of the transformation that you've been through, man. And from a personal level of it, like looking at all of these incredible accomplishments. And like we said, like not just the transformation of losing the weight, but transforming the categories that you're, you're ranking in and, and being able to perform. Like, what do you think are the biggest lessons you've taken along the way? Because there, there's going to be someone, there's going to be a lot of people at home listening who don't even have an interest stepping on a stage, but want to feel that power of transformation. Like, what do you think are the lessons that you've learned along the way that anyone listening can apply to their lives? What I learned, because we do these in my company, um, we do these 90 day challenges where we offer prizes and, and we tell people to submit their videos. And there are people that submit videos shirtless, you know, and they're putting it all out there. They're following in my footsteps. People that watch the documentary, they're like, look, I'm going to hold myself accountable. I'm going to show the world what I look like now. I actually did the opposite. I kept everything a secret and then released it to the world after I look great. That's easier. So like, um, so my hat's off to them because I never had the balls to just like, just say, this is me fat right now today. <laughs> I'm hoping to look fit tomorrow, like, like next year. So, uh, they got more balls than me and I, and I'm like, wow. So I think you got to put it out there. And, um, I think, you know, you got to surround listening to shows like yours to see that there are other people that are like you, that you get past this, you know, there's no hurdles. You're the only obstacle, you know, you can do this. And to answer your question, you may not want to do a show 
you don't think you want to do a show yet because you're not even close to there. But when you go to attend the show or at least get photo shoot lean, you know, that's the key thing. You don't have to do a show. You can do a shoot, you know, be an inspiration to others, you know. So do a photo shoot that you can actually put on your social media so that you can inspire other people to lose weight and, and get fit and do all of those things. Um, so, you know, don't knock it till you try it, you know, and there's, this is not something where we're saying, Hey, buy this timeshare. No, this is like, if somebody's pushing you to do a show, what does that mean? Or to do a photo show, what does that mean? That means they're pushing you to be the best looking version of yourself. That's for yours for keeps. So there's nothing wrong with that. You know what I mean? That's like somebody saying, listen, let me give you a million dollars. You're like, no, a million dollars is just too much money. Don't give me a million dollars. Give me a hundred thousand dollars. That's more than enough. That's the same thing. Let me just lose weight. Now, uh, stage, uh, photo shoot. Now that now you're going too far now. You know, like that's that there's no such thing. There's no such thing. You went too far the other way. You understand? So why can't you just be the, the, the exact opposite and go too far? in this way this is a good habit to be addicted to. right no I, I think that's a that's a great way to put it you know like you've already gone far in one direction why not see how far you can go in the other one and don't be afraid to see the potential like i think that's the other piece is like don't write yourself off before you even tried something i think that's something that people do way too often i could never do like they look at someone and they look at like a transformation like yours or Pora or mine or anyone's and they say well that's great for them but I could never do that and you have to be able to say to yourself but what if I could you know what if I can do right. that let me let me see that some of that possibility because it's not until you even start to believe that it might be possible that you can actually make it possible you know I have this analogy right it's like you know if somebody says to you man how are you so disciplined not to spend your paycheck uh, on things you can't afford? And you're like, well, I have to pay rent. I have to pay my car note, my insurance, my bills, my mortgage. Like, that's how, you know? And there are people that don't have financial self-discipline. But somehow, obese people do. They have financial self-discipline. They're not, you know, claiming bankruptcy. You have disciplined traits that you apply in different aspects of your life, even showering or whatever it is that you do. Some people that are obese, they'll have a decent lifestyle. They keep their nails done. They'll always have a decent car. They'll have cable. They'll have nice furniture, you know, um, but they can't apply that discipline to the food. You have it. You have those tools. Just make that switch. Recognize what your strong suits are. What are you really good at, you know? You pick up your kid at school at three o'clock, no matter what, you're not gonna leave your kid out. That's discipline, you know? Um, so you gotta kind of look at some of the positive traits that you have and the disciplines that you have. Like you have, if you have good credit or you pay your credit card bills on time, these are discipline things that you do. You, go, you show up to work on time. You're always getting raises, you know? Whatever it is that you do, you have discipline cleaning your house, whatever, apply and say, you know what? I do have these skills. I just need to apply these skills with the food. You can't say, oh, I don't know. I don't have the mind. People tell me that, oh, Anthony, I don't know. I just, you have that mindset. I'm like, why do you say, why do you give yourself limiting beliefs? You know, like you can have that mindset too. It's The mindset is free. That's the crazy part about it. It's like, you know, it's like, it's not like I'm, I'm, I'm going to uh, 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 a party and I, you, you have to wear a $10,000 uh, suit, you know, like hey, you have the money to buy that suit. Okay, I get it. This is mindset. Like, this is free shit. You can just switch your mind. And there's so much content, so much positivity out there helping you. You know, I just don't get it. It's just they don't want to do it. No, I 100% agree with that, man. I think that's a great way to put it. Now, Anthony, you've shared a lot of your story, and obviously your story is out there for everyone, but I really appreciate you taking the time to talk to me today. If someone listening is just getting on board, discovering, you know, following the Anthony Lolly train, 
How do they connect with you, man? Where do they find you if they want to get involved with your programs, Radical Body Transformation? Like, where do they track you down? All right, I'm on Instagram, so it's Anthony Lolly, L-O-L-L-I, like lollipop. And then uh, my website is rbtshow.com, Radical Body Transformations. So it's rbtshow.com. And then my Instagram or anywhere, any social media, no matter when you're listening to this, if TikTok or whatever comes out or a new, a new TikTok comes out, I'll be on it too, you know? So it's always going to be Anthony Lolly, L-O-L-L-I. And uh, I'm pretty reachable. I have a good team. And uh, I respond to people that um, uh, need help. You know, that's what one of, one of my immediate responses is that if somebody's like me, um, I'm on it. You know, there's so many people that I've personally talked out of committing suicide that we've helped save lives through our program, through losing weight. We've given away money of hundreds of thousands of dollars in prizes and, um, and, uh, inspiration, you know, and, uh, I love it. It's something, this is more gratifying than anything I've ever done in business. I've made a lot of millionaires, but saving lives and changing lives and putting a smile on somebody's face, not only the ripple effect of a transformation, it just goes beyond that one person. It's their family. Everything changes, you know, besides their internal and external happiness and internal happiness, someone else that they know, their cousin, their brother, their friend, their social media friend, they're also getting impacted and changing. So I love this. This is, this is definitely a much better life journey and life purpose for me. And, and that passion is, is evident every time you talk about it, man. And I, I just really appreciate you taking the time to talk to me today. I end, I end every episode with the same five questions I call the Fat Guy Five. Are you ready for your run through them? I'm ready. Okay, so question number one, Anthony, tell us, living or dead, who is your favorite fat guy? Oh, Jackie Gleason. Mm. I like it. I get a lot of kids on the show giving young answers. And I'm, an, I'm older <laughs> than you, so I can, you know, I, I, can, I, I don't mind saying that. Like, I like that. He's a, he's a good choice. He's a good choice, man. Yeah. Question number two, Anthony, what is one lesson that being a fat guy has taught you? One lesson that being a fat guy has taught me. Um, let me see here. Ooh. A good lesson? A good lesson that being a fat guy taught me. That's a good one. No one's ever asked me that. I guess... Um, it was kind of like being a blind guy with extraordinary hearing, you know? It's like the same thing. I had to get all my other senses powerful, you know? And uh, that's what it taught me. It taught me that, you know, you're always going to pick up where you're slacking. So uh, that that was really what it is. It, well, yeah, I guess it turned me into a big business guy. Right. <laughs> no, I like it. I like it, man. Question number three. Anthony, if someone out there listening to this episode has decided today's the day they want to get started doing something to change their life, improve their health, what is one concrete thing they can do today to get started? They need to not listen to themselves ever again. They are the worst coach. They've, they've sucked all their lives. And that's one of the biggest hurdles is that people are like, I got this. I know what to do. The minute, it's kind of like being an alcoholic and the first thing you do is you have to admit you're an alcoholic. And so you have to admit you have a problem and admit that you cannot, you're not qualified to handle that problem. Mm. You know, even a lawyer when he's, he's in trouble, is not, is not, it's not smart for him to represent himself. Don't represent yourself in this, in this year, unqualified. Hire the right help, hire the right coaching. From the start, get a good game plan, you know, because, you can, it's like somebody that's been single all their life and then all of a sudden they decided they want to get married and they walk into a bar and say, and pick any random person and say, let's get married. You know what I mean? That's the recipe for failure. So um, hire the right coach, like which that. we have in my company. So yeah. There we go. Question number four, Anthony, tell us what is one thing about yourself that you love? Ooh. Um... I love who I'm becoming. That's really the truth. I love this undiscovered brand new person that's only like two years old now, two and a half years old, you know? And there's so much more room for growth. I love who I'm becoming. This is a totally new person. I'm finally, 
this year uh owning my new my new per my new body you know and finally i'm like this is me this is me this is who i am and i'm not going i don't have that fear of gaining weight and i beat obesity you know so now it's like a start of a new life that's awesome and the last question for you today man Tell us, what is one goal you have for the next year that is not health, fitness, or weight loss related? Um, we, uh, well, my daughter's uh, going to do a short film, so we're focused on that. Nice. Um, and we're doing a lot of Hollywood stuff. You know, we have, uh, it's, it's, I guess it's kind of health related in that we have a show that's us going in and, and helping families transform nice. their lives, you know, so... We're really focused on like uh, a lot of media stuff. Awesome. Entertainment. Yeah. No, I think that sounds great. That's a great way to get all of these these powerful messages that you have out in ways that actually continue to allow you to help people, which is great. Exactly. So, Anthony, I just want to say another big thank you again for taking the time to come talk to us and let my audience not just hear your story, but draw some amazing inspiration from the, the passion that you share. Thank you. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. And uh, shout out to everybody listening. You know, you can do it and, and, you know, you can keep doing it. You can lose the weight and you can stay fit for the rest of your life. This is not a temporary thing. A lot of people ask me, they're like, oh, a lot of people tell me, oh, I'm afraid to lose weight because then I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to gain it back. I'm like, get to that point where you have that problem. You know what I mean? It's like something I'm afraid to lose the uh, win the lottery because I'm afraid I'm going to lose the hundred million dollars. I'm like, you know, spend the hundred million dollars first. Tell me how you feel after that. You know, so it's like they're saying it's better to have loved and lost than not loved at all. Let's get you to the point. But if you if you get the right coaching and you get the right guidance, then you're going to keep the weight off forever. You know, and you got to find your why. Mm -hmm. That's what it is. You know, your why. So one hundred percent. That's it. And I will put all of Anthony's contact information he shared in the show notes, including a link to his documentary on Amazon if you want to check that out. And don't forget- yeah, it's on you- Amazon. It's on Apple Pay. Uh, Apple Play. It's awesome. on Google. It's on YouTube movies. So even for people listening, if they don't have Amazon, they can watch it no matter oh, what. There's, there's somewhere to access it. They can get yes. it. Yes. For sure. We'll put those links there. And now, of course, as we're finishing talking is when the dogs are going to go crazy behind me. Uh, <laughs> no worries. So everyone out there, don't forget, you can also connect with me at Gourmet Goes Keto on Instagram and Gourmet Goes Keto on Twitter. You can find all the work that I'm doing on the theketoroad.com. And hey, my friends, once you're done listening to this episode, remember, go out there, do something today to amaze yourself because you are the most amazing people that I know. And then come on back and catch us on the next episode of the Fat Guy Forum. 